0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, and we are wrapping up a series called You Asked For It. And I love this because many of you participated in a survey that we did back in February, and we asked you, what are the topics that are important to you? What are the things that you're wrestling with? What are, what are the, the areas that you want to learn and grow in? And so we took your feedback. This series is designed by you, and it's specifically for you. And you gave us a lot of great information. Many of you know several weeks ago, Pastor David kicked us off, and he talked about the battle of forgiveness and how important forgiveness is in setting ourselves free. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we talked about spiritual warfare. We talked about how do you battle? How do you wrestle when things come against you? Well, today, we're going to finish this um, based on the results of the survey. And one of the most popular things requested was following the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. I know some of you are like, yes, finally, it's about time we get that Holy Ghost. Let's talk about Holy Ghost. And some of you are like, uh-oh. Oh, no. They're going to start doing backflips out of the balcony. People are going to start crazy, barking like dogs, falling out in the spirit. Can I tell you this? Can I just set you at ease before we dive into this? The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Can I have a better Amen. You know it's true. How many, there's some bizarre people out there. There may be some bizarre people in here. Everybody's got their own brand of crazy. Can I have a good amen? People are weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not spooky. Sometimes he gets blamed for a lot of our craziness. Are you with me? And I want to unpack this in Galatians 5, following the Holy Spirit. I want to read to you 10 verses out of Galatians 5, so I've got a little bit more scripture than normal, but track along with me, and we're going to unpack this together as we discover who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates and what our part is in it. Galatians 5, 16, Galatians five sixteen. so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Can I have an amen? The Holy Spirit leading and guiding. How many of you, when you drive to a place that you're not familiar with, you set Google Maps and you do a little turn-by-turn? Uh, uh, turn. How many of have ever set some Google Maps? kind of put in the, the, the coordinates of your location. It shows you the best route to take. If there's a detour you need to make, it gives you the time that you're going to arrive. I love it. This is the original Google Maps, okay? This is MapQuest 2,000 years ago. His name is the Holy Spirit. I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Underline that phrase. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But spirit and flesh, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed By the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Come on, is this wearing anybody out? Check this out. Look at this list. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Tell you this, when you live your life according to your flesh, your life is a mess. Are you with me? Some of you going through that list, it kind of brought you back to your, you know, B.C. days, those early days. You know, you've been up and down that list several times. You know, life gets exhausting and messy when you live it according to your flesh. But, verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you are interested in living that kind of life? You see, the good news today is you don't have to live according to your flesh. Jesus says, I created you for so much more, and I'm going to help you live the life that I created you for. Can I have a good amen? That's the kind of life. When you're living by the Spirit, those are the fruits that come from it. There's no law against these things. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. And have crucified them there. Notice what it's saying. What do you do to the flesh? You got to crucify the flesh. Nail those passions to the cross. Verse 25: Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Now, see, in this passage in, in Galatians 5, we immediately see, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but there's tension. Okay? The Bible talks about our sinful nature and what it craves, but it also talks about the spirit and the life that the spirit produces. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to I want you to see three simple things, but the first is this. Number one, spirit and flesh are bitter rivals. Do you see that? Spirit and flesh are bitter rivals. The Bible says these two forces are constantly fighting each other. They just don't get along. They fight. All the time. It's kind of like LSU and Alabama. We will never get along. Can I have a good amen? Man, we're always quarreling, always opposing. Your spirit and your flesh, it's amazing how those two things dwell within the same confines of your body. Your spirit is that part of God inside of you that longs to please him. But then we have this thing called flesh. We have these earthly bodies. We have this sinful nature. And I don't know about your flesh, but I'm just going to talk about mine for a minute. My flesh talks to me all day long. My flesh screams at me. You know what my flesh says? Me. Me, 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 me. I think about me, myself, and I. When I wake up in the morning, my flesh thinks, what about me? I, mean, I didn't get enough sleep. Or I'm hungry. Or what do I want to do today? Me, 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 me. What about me? What about me? What about... Well, enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? Isn't it amazing how flesh focuses on itself? Are you with me? Spirit focuses on the things of God and desires to serve others, but my flesh always seems to get in the way. Let me tell you this. You know what I love about this church? You know what I love about you? Healing place people are the nicest people on the planet. I mean, you are the most kind, gracious people I have ever met. When I run into you out in the community, I just feel, oh, I love my church. I love it. Just so so enjoyable to be around. You're caring. You're compassionate. Can I tell you this? There are some days that I don't feel like being nice. Is it just me? Do you have your days too? Yeah, how many of you, sometimes you'd rather be an Old Testament Christian than a New Testament Christian? Yeah, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Yeah, I'll just tell you, a little confession, okay? There are some days I don't feel like being Pastor Mike. I mean, for real, I wrestle with my flesh. And it's amazing how my wife, God bless her, she loves to call me Pastor Mike in my least pastoral moments. Fellas, how many know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's so easy to be, you know, nice and kind in here because this is a spiritual environment. It's spiritual. We just love God. We love each other. God bless you. But then I got to get to work on Monday. How many of you, you drive the streets of Baton Rouge and you don't feel so spiritual? Oh, yeah. Look, there's some days I wake up and I'm like, hey, God bless you, but I'm not letting you in traffic right now. Because I got to get my kids to school, and you in my way. And Rachel, I will drive, man. I'm I'm an aggressive driver, okay? I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm an aggressive driver. Brother Larry Stocksteel says, you know what? It's amazing how some pastors can preach like an angel from heaven on Sunday, but then they drive like a bat out of hell on Monday. (laughs) Yeah, there's some times, you know, Rachel's like, well, okay, Pastor Mike. How many of you, when you get tired, you're not necessarily at your best? Anybody get irritable when they're tired? Yeah. And, and, you know, some days Rachel's just like, go to bed. You you need a nap. Or how many of you, when you get hungry, you just get a little testy? Okay, only three of you are being honest up in here. Man, oh, man, I don't always feel like being pastoral. You know what? What is getting in the way? My flesh. My flesh. You know, contrary to popular belief, I don't wake up every morning getting dressed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You put my belt on. I don't bounce around from one glory cloud to the next. I put my pants on one leg at a time just like you do. Come on, somebody. And we all have good intentions, and we got a a spirit that desires to do what's right, but our stinking flesh gets in the way. Can I have a good amen? Amen. The Bible talks about that. They're always in conflict, warring. You see, we can't talk about following the spirit until we first address our flesh. How many of you, your flesh, it'll talk to you and it'll tell you to be stingy? Yeah. Has God ever told you to give something away and you just chafed? You just, I mean, it was so hard for you to give that thing away. Uh, I've shared this several years ago. I I felt like it bears repeating because it's so funny, and it's true. A a number of years ago, Rachel and I were in New York, and we were visiting uh, Kevin and Tracy Mawai. Some of you know Kevin Mawai played football at LSU. He spent eight years in New York playing for the Jets. And so we would, we would take trips to New York. We would do chapel for the team and then watch a game and then just kind of spend the weekend with them. And so on one particular trip, we were on a train in Long Island, and we were headed out to Kevin's house. And so we had our luggage with us. And so we were seated on the train, and the couple next to us had just started talking. And uh, he said to me, he says, I noticed you have an accent. Where are you from? I'm like, accent? I mean, you know, we don't have an accent down here. This is how everybody talks, right? When we get to heaven, everybody's going to sound like us, right? I said, Well, I'm, we're down in South Louisiana or Baton Rouge. And, Oh, really? That's fantastic. What are you doing up here in New York? And I said, Well, a friend of mine, his name's Kevin. He plays for the Jets. And so we're up here this weekend. Kevin? Kevin Mawai? Is that, do you know Kevin Mawai? I said, Yeah, we know Kevin's part of the church and been a friend for, you know, for a long time. Wow. wow. I, can't, I can't wait to tell my son that I sat on the train next to the friend of Kevin Mawaii. And, man, he started spouting off all these statistics. I mean, obviously he was a huge Jets fan, but he loved Kevin. And so, man, he's just got you know, enamored with this whole Kevin Mawaii thing. And I'm thinking, okay, in my bag, in my suitcase, I got some Jets, you know, paraphernalia. I I got a little towel. I had a Jets hat. I even had a a Jets T-shirt. And then I thought about, wait I've got an authentic New York Jets number 68 Kevin Mawaii jersey. Oh, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. And I immediately had to rebuke that thought. Oh, no, 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 that ain't God. It's the devil. Come on, have me start rebuking devils when you got to give something important away. About that time, Rachel leans over and whispers. She says, don't you have that jersey? In your suitcase. And I'm like, Satan, get thee behind me. I didn't want to give that away. Surely, God, you're not asking me to give the important. Job. There's a towel. Let me give him a towel. Lord, just give me a sign. I need a sign. Come on. How many ever prayed, Lord, give me a sign? If this is really you, God, give me. Like the devil's tempting you to give something away. How many know your flesh is always about being stingy? But it's the spirit of God that'll say, no, no, no. Be generous. So I said, "Lord, if this is really you, I'm gonna reach down in my bag, and whatever my hand finds to grab, whatever I pull out, that's what's being given." And so I just reached down. The guys talking, "Yeah, man, Jets. We're from New York, and we love, blah, blah, blah. J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets." And I reach down, I pull out, and there's that jersey. <laughs> hey, uh, your son is a Jets fan. <laughs> Yeah, he loves Kev. Loves it. Just well, I'm sure. How, how, about, how about this jersey? He's like, no way. I can't believe you're doing this. I said, I can't believe I'm doing it either. <laughs> Can I tell you this? If God tells you to give something away, but you can't give it away, you don't own it. It owns you. Come on now. Somebody say flesh. Listen, your flesh will say, hold on to everything you can, but your spirit says, no, give it away, because there's more where that came from. You see, your flesh and your spirit are bitter rivals. It reminds me of the story I heard of a mother who was making pancakes for her sons. In fact, her two sons, her oldest name was Billy and her younger was, was Ryan. So the boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake, because that's what boys do, Right. Well, mom saw the opportunity to teach them a lesson. She said, Boys, listen, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, Let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. So Billy turned to his younger brother Ryan and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. (laughs) I mean, we love for everybody else to be Jesus, but there are some days we don't feel like being Jesus. You know what that is? That's our flesh. The Apostle Paul is talking about a civil war inside of us, a longing to do what's right, and that's the Spirit of God inside of you. But a struggle to do it, and that is your flesh. Flesh will always oppose spirit. Jesus said in Mark 14, verse 38, he said, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation, for the spirit is indeed willing, but what? The flesh is is weak. Number one, flesh and spirit, they are bitter rivals. But number two, check this out. Good news. Good news. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives us power over our flesh. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news. Now, first, we've got to recognize the struggle. The struggle is real. Flesh and spirit battle. But the good news is, The power of the Holy Spirit will help you defeat your flesh. Look at this in Romans 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Okay, now you missed a great point, a great moment to say, thank you, Jesus. Listen, did you see what we read? The Spirit of God. That's not weak, that's not wimpy, but it is mighty, it is powerful. In fact, it is so strong, that spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Turn your name and say, that's power. Now that kind of power, think about it, Jesus went to the cross. No man took his life, but he laid it down willingly out of obedience to the Father. They buried him and they put him in a tomb. But three days later, something happened. The spirit has power over death. I'm telling you, if this spirit has power over death, it's strong enough to be powerful over your flesh. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, it's in you. It's on the inside of you. Well, well, wait a second. Now, this is, this is revelation now. This is new information. Mike, are you telling me that I have a power inside of me that is stronger than death itself? I didn't say it. The Word did. I'm just the messenger. I'm just relaying what God said you have. You need to know that you have everything this Bible says you have. Think about it. That same spirit lifted Jesus out of the grave. The Bible says God's put it in you. Now think about this. Bethlehem is God with us. Calvary is God for us. But Pentecost is God in us. You see the difference now? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. On Christmas, we celebrate this. That is God coming to be Emmanuel. He's now with us. On Calvary, Jesus died. He laid down his life. That's telling us God is for us. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, he says, I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. Can I have a good amen? All of that power is stuffed inside of you through God's Spirit. Look at what it says. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, some might say therefore. Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to know what it's there for. Therefore, since you have this power on the inside, what's it all for? What's it all for? Have you ever been to the gym and you've seen these big old meatheads kind of walking around? Every time they take a step, it's like claps of thunder. I mean, they got muscles on top of muscles. They got muscles in places I didn't even know they were supposed to be muscles. You know what I'm thinking? Oh, so that's what the human body can actually look like. What's all that, what's all that strength for? What's it all for? Why all the countless hours in the gym and the, the maintenance for your diet and all the discipline, what's it all for? Is it to take the jar off the, the, the pickles whenever it's stuck? What's all that strength for? Well, in the natural, it's for posing. But in the spiritual, listen to this. Strength is never about status. It's always about service. See, God gives you power. Whoa, I feel the whole leg stuff in here now. The, the God gives you power. Now, what's it for? Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Here's why God put that power inside of you, so that you know you don't have to be dominated by your flesh, but you can live according to the Spirit's power. Can I have a good amen? You see, I'm here to make an announcement today that you can hear from the Holy Ghost that the spirit of God can move in you. He can set you free, whatever the things are in your past, bondages, addictions, strongholds, mindsets, habits, all the things that the devil will use to kind of hold you down. The Bible says announcement, announcement, there's a spirit inside of you that's greater, and you're no longer bound by the things of your past. Come on, don't judge me by my past. I don't live there anymore. Can I have a good amen? Amen. Chains are broken. Man, there's a new day that's dawning. Darkness has parted because the light of his spirit is shining in and through me. I want to demystify how the Holy Spirit speaks, okay? The Holy Spirit speaks through three simple ways. First of all, the Holy Spirit speaks through God's word, okay? You say, Mike, how can I hear the Holy Ghost? How can I be led by the Spirit? Well, first of all, it starts with the logos, the written word of God. Here's what you need to know about the Holy Spirit. God speaks just like he writes. The Spirit of God will never tell you something that is contrary to what he's already written in this book. Are you with me? That's why I think sometimes it's dangerous when we chase a word. Oh, I need a word. I got to have a word. I got to go find Brother Bible Man or I got to go call Sister Super Christian. Do you have a word for me? Come on, how many know it's a dangerous thing when we chase a a conference or an evangelist or some movement? Oh, I need a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. Listen, God has given you a word. He's given you a bunch of words, and he put them in a book. Now, too many times we check Facebook when we should put our face in the book. Come on. And thank God for all the social media platforms and all the preaching and teaching that's out there. But I'm gonna tell you this get in God's Word. If you'll make an investment in this book, you'll hear from the Spirit of God. I'm saying, how do you think the book got written? Who wrote the book? Well, man wrote the book. No, 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 check this out 40 different authors. Over 1600 years. It's a volume, a collection of 66 different books, and it's all in perfect harmony. You know why? Because it was inspired by the Holy Ghost. Listen, when you're reading the Word, you get revelation from the one who inspired it. Look at 2 Corinthians, or 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse 16. All scripture is inspired inspired. One translation says it's literally God breathed, breathe. You know, there's a New Testament word. The Greek word for spirit is the word pneuma, which literally means air for breathing or breath. I mean, the Holy Spirit breathed on men of God in the ancient days as they begin to author this book. The Bible says all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us. How many of you still have some things to learn? Okay. Only six of you. Can I tell you, when you have learned everything that you need to know in an area of your life, then you have stopped growing in that area. Here's what I love about you. You come to church on Sundays and you're like, Lord, teach me because I still got so much to learn. How does God teach us? Through his word. The the scripture says it's inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. There's realization. There's revelation. It's not just information, not just black words on white pages. But man, there is literally the, the words of Jesus. They are spirit and they are life. Bible says that it teaches us. It helps us realize some things. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Can I have an amen? You see, get in this book. Get it. If you know the word of God, you'll understand the will of God because God speaks just like he writes. You know, I think our ignorance of God's word is probably the most effective tool that the enemy will use against us. It's the word that we don't know that the devil will leverage. How many of you, you want to be knowledgeable of the instructions of God's word? Lord, teach me. God, instruct me. we got to get this in our spirits. we got to get it in our minds and on our mouths. Some of you, if you're just in your car, you spend a lot of time driving, turn it into a mobile school of ministry. Man, just begin to quote some scriptures. Man, get the spirit of God on your mouth and in your mind as you speak his word. You know, in the Old Testament, this is for some of you Bible scholars, in the Old Testament, you'll you'll remember they talk about the Ark of the Covenant. And that Ark represented the literal presence of God. I want you to track along with me. Uh, And so in the Ark, in this box, and the Bible gives the dimensions of it, but it represented to the nation of Israel literally the presence of God. And when they went into battle, sometimes they would bring the Ark with them because it means, hey, God is on our side. And in that box, it literally had three things. It had a jar of manna, it had the rod of Aaron... And then it had the Ten Commandments, those stone tablets. Think about it. The jar of manna, manna is provision. Aaron's rod, that's all about leadership. And then the Ten Commandments, that's the word of God. Those three things were in the ark at the beginning. But in Second Chronicles chapter 5, we read when they brought the ark into the temple of God, it no longer had manna, and it didn't have Aaron's rod. The only thing it had were the stone tablets. What does that tell us? Provision may change. Leadership may change. But God's word remains the same. You can anchor your life on this book. Can I have a good amen? How does the Holy Spirit speak? He speaks through God's word. Letter B, he speaks through a still, small voice. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will whisper things to us. That's why you got to get quiet sometimes. We live in such a noisy culture everybody's got something to say, everybody's blasting something on on the internet or, you know, all the noise. In fact, you know, you ever been walking somewhere in public? How many of you ever gotten on an elevator and somebody gets on and they're talking and you think they're talking to you, but they got these earbuds and they are, they got, you know, some, you know, they got their phone Bluetooth hooked up and they're actually having a conversation with somebody. You ever tried to answer somebody who you thought was talking to you and they really weren't talking to you? And then they look at you like, "What's wrong with you? Can't you see? I'm in a conversation here." Like, "Oh, sorry." With so much noise, sometimes we're straining to hear the voice of God above the noise of the world. Are you with me? You know, and when you listen to wrong voices, you make wrong choices. That's why through prayer, through fasting, through worship, we've got to turn the noise of the world down. I was visiting my dad a couple weeks ago. He lives in Galveston. He lives on the island. He calls that his island. It's my island. Okay, dad, there is life outside the island. No, son, this is paradise. So I went to visit him and, you know, he's he's in his seventies. And so we were sitting there trying to have a conversation at his house. And man, he had that TV up so loud It was loud. He was watching the Astros game. And, man, it was blasting loud. We're trying to talk. I'm like, Dad, I can't hear you. What? I mean, we're literally sitting in the living room shouting at each other. I'm like, hey, I got a good idea. How about we just turn the TV down? You see, I couldn't hear the voice of my father because of all the noise that was in the room. Some of you are straining to hear the voice of your Father because there's so much noise in your world. If you'll turn the noise of the world down, then you can amplify the voice of God. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit will speak through, through God's Word, through still small voice, also through believers, through the church. Holy Spirit will speak through the body of believers. And, and hear me, Healing Place Family I, I say this as your pastor with a heart of compassion for you. This summer, make a commitment to be in church on Sundays. Do your very best. If you can't be, if you got to be out of town, if you're on vacation, if you're on business, that's fine. Dial in through the, the Internet. Watch it streaming. Be connected to spiritual family because there's There's value in the body of believers. Here's why. Because everyone in this spiritual family called HPC has a gift. You have a gift inside of you. And this house needs what's in you. Now, you need what's in this house. Come on now. But this house needs that gift on the inside of you. And when you're operating in your gift... Sometimes God will use another believer to give you a word of wisdom. Maybe it's a word of knowledge. Maybe it's a prophetic word. You know, maybe God's speaking something through someone and it's stirring your faith. Maybe you need a miracle in your life and you're you're desperate to hear from God. You've been searching the scriptures. You've been meditating in his presence. But God will send another believer to encourage you to confirm his word to you. Are you with me? You say, Mike, I don't have any gifts. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. You've got at least one, the Bible says. Everybody, every, uh, if you're part of the family of God, every believer has a spiritual gift. You may not have everything, but you have something, and together we have all things. There's diversity of gifts within the body of Christ. Spirit and flesh are bitter rivals. But the Holy Spirit will give you power over your flesh. And here's the last thing. Has this been helpful? Yeah. Uh, and and, this, this is, uh, and I, I share this with you because the truth is storms are coming. Okay? I didn't say that. Some of you are in the middle of a storm right now. Some of you have just exited a storm. And then there are others that it's coming. You're either in a storm, you've just gotten out of a storm, or you're about to step into one. Storms are coming. We can't choose our storm, but we can choose our spirit in the storm. I can't pray bad weather away from you spiritually. But when you get in a tough spot, and then you're understanding the voice of the Holy Spirit, the power that you have over your flesh. Now you think, wait a second now. I can step into a new realm of living. There is a realm of living that you have yet to tap into, but you're discovering that today. Here's the last thought I wanna give you and then I wanna pray for you. Number three, the Holy Spirit, and I have to explain this, the Holy Spirit fills us for function, not just consumption. Holy Spirit fills us for function, not just consumption. The reason why I use that word consumption is because if we're not careful, We allow the consumer mentality of our culture to creep into the church. God wants to fill you full of the Holy Ghost, not to make you better than the person next to you, but to make you better than you. Are you with me? You see, God fills us with the Holy Spirit. God will fill me with the Holy Ghost, not to make me better than you, but me better than me. Mike Heyman, I told you about my own flesh. I've told you about my own hangups. But you give me the Holy Spirit now, okay. Now, it's not about just me consuming for myself, but now I'm empowered, okay? Why would God fill the church with the Holy Spirit to give us power? And it's not a power for ourselves, but it's a power to serve others. It's a power to move the kingdom of God in the earth today forward. It's not our strength, but it's the Spirit of God. I want you to consider this in the book of Acts. Seventy times in the book of Acts, you read of the work of the Holy Spirit. He empowered Peter to preach boldly to the men who had just crucified Jesus. He gave Stephen the courage to stand face to face to the men who would soon stone him. He sent Philip to the desert to run alongside the carriage of an Ethiopian eunuch. He set apart Barnabas and Paul for a dangerous missionary journey. He led the apostle Paul to Jerusalem where he would eventually be imprisoned. You see, the Holy Spirit will move us out of comfort sometimes. It's not just for our own consumption, but there is a function. There is a purpose that God would fill you with the Spirit. It's to give you a power that you desperately need. You see, you don't have to struggle day to day to be like Jesus. You tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and he gives you everything you need. You can hear from the Spirit of God. You can follow the Holy Ghost and you can walk in dynamic